Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we've got a lot for you. It's a massive recap episode. We're going to recap the Women's Cup final between Racing Louisville FC and Bayern Munich. We will recap the Women's International Champions Cup final between Portland Thorns FC and Olympic Lyonnais and recap all of the weekend's NWSL action for you all. Quick reminder before we get into all that, though, we've been getting so many great questions from you all on our Apple podcast review. So I want to let you know to keep those coming. Leave a five question, uh, leave a question with a five star review for us, and we will answer that for you on one of our upcoming segments. And I just want to remind you that you can find us on Twitter at Attacking Third and that you can watch all of the full time NWSL game highlights at our YouTube channel. So go to youtube.com slash attacking third and subscribe to our YouTube page. So none of you miss a thing. Lisa, so much that we got to get into and we have to do this after traveling. We have had an active weekend ourselves. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm home. I travel a lot, so it's it's typical and traditional for me, but this was a personal travel this weekend, which is always fun. Got to go to a wedding, a former teammate wedding, so congrats to Emery and Mike. Uh, but yeah, Marquette weddings are always fun, and Sandra, you are now back in Chicago. Welcome home. Yes. You know what? I It's uh, sad. That's the only sad part of this weekend is that we didn't get to cross paths. <laughs> like, that's really the only sad part. Uh, you came on through to Chicago and I had to head out off to Portland to take in some of this this awesome soccer action that we're about to, to get into. But I'm doing all right. I'm excited to talk about this. I feel like I've been doing uh, this week. The week leading up to this weekend of games was so chaotic in the best of ways. There was so much soccer that was happening and it was so wonderful it was just delightful to have all of these teams dominating so much of the news cycle about uh you know the soccer news cycle that took place so i'm delighted to to just get on here and chat about things because it's like now we did all this watching we did all this reviewing we did all this analysis and now we want to recap them and and chat about them so let's uh let's get into it let's 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 start off with with these big international uh tournaments we had the the Women's International Champions Cup final take place. So we had a couple matches going on. There was a third place match uh, between 
FC Barcelona and Houston Dash, with FC Barcelona taking that one, defeating Houston Dash 3-2. And then the title match between Portland Thorns FC and Olympic Lyonnais. This match, Lisa, was billed and hyped so highly, just talking about, you know, two titans of the game, uh, two teams with big winning cultures in their respective domestic leagues. Going head to head, finally, you know this was a this particular tournament is uh, is very intriguing for a number of reasons because part of part of the criteria in the women's international champions cup is that the teams that are involved it's typically two European sides and two NWSL sides and the teams that are involved have to have a a championship behind them within the last you know I believe it's eighteen months or so I could could be getting that off but that's why we had the 2020 challenge cup houston dash in there the the 2021 portland uh challenge cup portland thorns and then uh leon coming off of their domestic club title and then uh fc barcelona coming off their their champions league so it was a real treat to take a look at all these teams uh going head to head with this final with portland thorns coming out on top i mean it had everything <laughs> quite frankly it was it was so much fun to take in and watch and morgan weaver uh coming on as a late game sub for portland and like the 82nd minute and then just like four minutes later getting the game winning goal and portland defeat leon 1-0 in front of their home crowd in providence park to win their second trophy of 2021 the thorns are are doing things lisa Big game. Huge game. And and you mentioned Morgan Weber. I mean, what a way to return to the game after a bit of an injury stint for her. But the the competition in this uh, WICC tournament was phenomenal. Um, You got to witness it firsthand, which very jealous but that's okay we'll talk with some bosses and and i'll get there next time um but it's really good competition and even honestly like yeah the final is always fun and it was good games but to watch houston against barcelona a really good game um i was impressed with houston and their ability to to hang in in, in this match um they would go down a goal and then they got one back from katie Naughton, and then go down to one um or excuse me then Shay groom she got the goal so Houston was able to go up two to one over Barcelona and then Barcelona just coming back and out outplaying them towards the end of that match but overall the competition really good and really fun to watch between uh the Europeans and the Americans um what else did you take away from the Portland game now that Portland has won their second trophy uh of the year like go thorns we knew they were a powerhouse but man fun to watch them yeah you know this team you know, just sort of bridging this into to NWSL regular season because the game that they played against Houston Dash when we when we previously chatted about this or in a previous episode was that that game didn't count for any type of, uh, you know, NWSL fixture or result in regards to the regular season. So watching this thorn teams during this sort of mini tournament taking place in the middle of the regular season, they were currently in first place. They, they still are even sort of having this by week while they were participating in this event. It's uh, we got to see more of that depth. And we've been talking about that already this year, Lisa, but this just cemented it because 
in the final, we got to see for the Thorns the return of their Olympians. So we saw Lindsey Horan come onto this pitch. We saw Crystal Dunn come into this game. We saw Christine Sinclair get a run out. And like late into that second half, really, you saw really kind of help change and shake things up a little bit. Uh, their presence on the pitch allowed a player like Sophia Smith to continue building on what she was already doing in this match, which was really causing a headache out on that wing for Lyon. I mean, there was a lot. I mean, I'm sure you guys heard it on the stream for those of you who watched it, but there was a lot of of, uh, of booing going on there with some of the officiating, <laughs> just some of the no calls that had happened. Uh, and you know what? She was relentless. It didn't matter that uh, Smith didn't essentially get those prior calls. She was still, her work rate was just like relentless. Um, but in these these two games that the that the Thorns played in this tournament, whether it was a Houston or Lyon, we got to see so many of their players and we had talked a lot during the regular season, especially during the Olympic stretch of the regular season, that this is the deepest team in the league. They've got players who have been stepping up and making sure that their first place standing remains while their Olympians are overseas and then come, you know, come back into play. And then they all sort of connect together and sort of just continue to build on what they've been doing and, collect another trophy in 2021 so not what they're going to do is come off of this game roll back into their regular season and still have the nwsl shield in their sights and mm-hmm. a standing to you know to to be in the in the playoffs you know so i mean there's still a lot of regular season left and the the the, the table is very very tight and we'll get to that more at the end of the of the episode but more than just you know the, the the narrative of like oh an American team versus a European team the the thorns are showing that they are just a force this year full stop period <laughs> and to not put so much pressure on the Olympians um, when they return that they need to make back lost time while they were gone and get three points. That's what I think the depth shows for for Portland and the thorns and their bench um, that their roster really took it upon themselves individually, each player to say, I'm going to make a difference this on this team this season. That way players don't have to come back from Tokyo Olympics and, and take all that on their shoulders themselves. I, fantastic. This, the rest of the season for Portland, everyone just watch them tune into all of their games because it's really fun to watch them play and to see how much, how many players they have that they can throw into different positions and Mark Parsons and he wants to go out with the bang, Sandra, he wants to go out oh, with the bang. Man. Well, we'll see. It's, it's looking, it's looking pretty good so far when you're laying out all the uh, potential things and NWSL club can win this year, all the potential titles and trophies right now, the Portland Thorns are two for two. So we'll, we'll see what else they've got uh, coming up. Uh, the women's cup final, another example of uh, American sides versus European sides in inaugural cup an inaugural tournament here taking place in 2021 hosted by racing Louisville FC. We chatted a little bit about some of the uh, previous uh, matches that took place, the sort of semifinal format with two teams uh, going off, uh, against each other for the inaugural cup. So it ended up coming out to racing Louisville FC 
facing off against the German Giants, uh, Bayern Munich. And uh, what a match. This one ended up going to penalty kicks to determine the inaugural winner. We had both these teams play out to a 2-2 draw in regulation. And due to the rules, it just went straight to, to penalty kicks. And then Racing Louisville. And behind their hero, Katie Lund, their goalkeeper, Katie Lund, ended up uh, lifting the inaugural Women's Cup 6-7 in, in penalty kicks over Bayern. Lisa, where do you even start in this type of match? I, I guess congratulations to Louisville because, yes, yeah. they won. It's their uh, – they were playing at home. It's their inaugural season. It was the inaugural tournament um, played in Louisville, but they did not deserve to win this game uh, based on on the run of play. And, yeah, a lot of credit to Katie Lund, who did well. Um, I'll, I'll break down the game a little bit for you, Sandra, and, and the listeners. Louisville is going into a stretch where they have uh, five games or, or like their most amount of games in 15 days. So this was their second game. They came off of a Wednesday match. And to start this match against Byron, there was eight new players in the starting lineup for Racing Louisville. So uh, player management and minute management is really big in the league right now. We saw it with Chicago. You see it a lot of times with these players, but to have so many different players starting the game is a different look for a team. They, They have to find that rhythm. And Byron was all offense, especially in the first half. Uh, every single player on the Racing Louisville team should go give Michelle Bedos a big hug or a high five because she saved racing in that first half. Um, I think at, at halftime, Byron had seven shots, seven corners, and Racing Louisville was zeros across the boards for offense um, in, in terms of any momentum that they had going forward. Um, and Michelle Bedos, she took a beating throughout this game. There were I mean, yeah, she played full 90 on Wednesday. She played full 90 last Sunday um, in the NWSL regular season games. And this this game, because she was putting she was put under so much pressure from Byron, she ended up getting injured and coming out. So Katie Lund making her NWSL debut coming in in the 71st ish minute, 70th minute um, towards the middle of the second half and first professional minutes, she ends up taking the 11th penalty kick and winning, winning it all for Racing Louisville. So it's fun to see that aspect of the resiliency from Racing Louisville. Um, Nine minutes of stoppage time added on at the end of this game goes to show how many fouls were called, how many stoppage times were happening throughout this game. Um, But Byron looked to be the better team, way more offensive looks going into it. And then, yes, racing did get goals. It ended 2-2 before penalty kicks. But this game was an anomaly for Bayern, and racing just toughed it out towards the end, which the endurance of racing Louisville was really evident in this match. That final penalty kick shootout, I'm just going to set a little scene for for people who might not have been aware. So uh, there were a number of us, because again, there was so much soccer that was happening, but there were a number of us in the Providence Park press box taking in this game uh, in between the the Houston and FC Barcelona match. And uh, that penalty kick shootout just sort of conveniently kind of started to to roll out in during the halftime of that match. So we were able to settle in and, and take this game and, and watching this performance from Katie Lund, my, my goodness, just outstanding, phenomenal. Like that's the type of stuff that your 
club starts to just, you know, build its culture on a little bit, you know, and it's so exciting to see that really like a first year expansion club in in Louisville. It has something like this to sort of point at and just start sort of building that lore right around around their team. So it was just a very, very exciting and uh, split the these two big mini tournaments in this taking place in this in this window. I guess it's split. We have an American side that took the inaugural women's cup. Uh, then we uh, also see uh, the the women's international champions cup go to the Portland Thor. So there's a little bit of like, you know, you're looking at those third place matches and you see Barcelona defeat Houston. You see PSG defeat, <laughs> defeat Chicago. And, and naturally coming out of these types of events, you start hearing the chatter about that. You start hearing the discussion about American clubs versus European clubs, you know, American style <laughs> versus European style and all that. And, um, you know, there's there's lots of things to to consider in that, especially as we came off of a of an Olympics, quite frankly, um, where you had a Canadian a Concacaf team in, in Canada winning winning the gold medal, United States winning winning the bronze, and, and Sweden uh, getting the the silver medal, and and now having a couple of these these matches for for titles. And, uh, you know, it was just cool. I don't want to, like, sit here and, and beat, you know, a dead horse because this is something that will always come up during these types of things or or international cycles. Uh, but it was just cool to see this type of stuff happening for the women's side of the game. I, I know that there's a lot of um, – there's discourse about – some of these matches taking place in the middle of the NWSL regular season. And on the other side of things, how it maybe is beneficial for European sides, because so many of these teams, they, they are, they're in preseason form. So there's also that counter argument. Well, you know, these European sides are top flight clubs, but they're not really informed. So what type of team are you going up against? So it was very interesting to sort of see all the different dynamics coming out of both of these tournaments. Cause there were moments there, Lisa, where we saw, especially during, during the uh, WICC tournament, where Portland Thorn side was, you know, kind of fielding like a, a B or C lineup, you know, against a kind of like an A star, like all star lineup against the, you know, uh, FC Barcelona. So it just kind of was like give or take, you know, you kind of give or take, and everyone's going to sort of have their have their opinions on it. Uh, and my opinion is just that I would like to see more of it and more <laughs> a more consistent thing. And I know a lot of us out there for years have been talking about how uh, we want like a women's club World Cup. So maybe something like this. Um, the more success it has, the more eyes it has on it, the more interest and, and attendance and uh, everything that it kind of attracts. Uh, maybe maybe FIFA will take notice and eventually there will be a Club World Cup. Yeah, FIFA, we liked this. <laughs> we liked this. Uh, if you're listening out there, um, we want more of this. It was really cool. It was fun to see different styles of play and different tactics play out and and players matching up against players that they don't traditionally play against and maybe they watch overseas or they have played against but um the teams that 
in the NWSL, they know each other, uh, which makes for good competition because you have to switch things up. But yeah, the competition between the Europeans and the Americans, more please, more please to, to see the different styles. And I think both sides learn so much about their own style of play, how they can get better, and also how to defend against something that they're not used to seeing um, in, in their opponents ac- across the white line. We're going to get into more NWSL action because we've got so much more soccer to talk about, believe it or not. But again, this is the time where we have to check in with each other, Lisa. So we have to take a quick break for hydration. So here's our hydration break and we'll be back to recap NWSL action for everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Three, count them, tres NWSL matches that we got to recap, Lisa. We've got a doubleheader for Saturday, a single match for Sunday. Let's start at the top of the order here. North Carolina Courage facing off against Kansas City NWSL 4-0 by way of North Carolina. Statement game? I'm not too sure if I want to call it a statement game, but it was definitely uh, lights out. For, for North Carolina. We're talking about a little bit how teams are welcoming back their U.S. national team players, their Canadian internationals, and Lynn Williams having herself a game. I guess in terms of statement, maybe that's what it is. I have returned. <laughs> 4-0 against Kansas City NWSL. Lisa, I'm, try- I'm trying to think back to our previous episode, how we had this. Did we both have this going North Carolina's way? I think we did. Um <laughs> I don't honestly, I don't remember. I don't have it in my notes today. I forgot. But I think we both had North Carolina and it's easy to say why. Uh, We knew Dabinia was back. We weren't sure about Lynn Williams heading into our preview episode, but Lynn Williams is back. Dynamic duo of Williams and Jess McDonald up top combining and playing really well. Um, Lynn Williams looks to be in good form. She starts this game with an early goal in about the 12th minute for North Carolina. Um, A lot of credit to Carson Pickett and Merritt Matthias getting up the flanks for North Carolina. They've been tremendous all year and they cannot be stopped and they cannot be slowed down to continuously send crosses in and give opportunities. Um, Caitlin Rowland starting goalkeeper for Kansas City, which was Fun and good to see her there in the net. Um, and another one, A-Rod. She gets a goal against her former team in this one. I mean, lots of goals. It's always fun when we have lots of goals. Um, yeah. So Lynn Williams started the scoring early in the 12th minute. Jessica McDonald, she had a memorable game for her and for North Carolina. She gets her 
50th career goal. It was a set piece goal. Um, Jess McDonald just timing it perfectly, redirecting the ball with her head, hitting the back of the net to go up two nil heading into halftime for Kansas City. Um, and when we talked it, we previewed this one. I wanted to see the defense that we saw from Kansas City in their last match against Oel Rain. They they did so well and they it's hard though. It's a hard team to stop North Carolina with all of the firepower that they had. And I think A-Rod was hungry to get a goal in this match. She got one in about the 64th minute. Um, so back-to-back games for Amy Rodriguez, making it 3-0 for North Carolina. Um, and Kansas City, they had opportunities in the second half. They did. They had a shot or two off the crossbar. Weber played really well for Kansas City in the midfield. Um, when she got the ball, she was looking to go to goal and looking to be dangerous. But Casey Murphy, North Carolina goalkeeper, she does well. I mean, when the goalkeepers in this league, Sandra, when they come up with big games, it makes it very entertaining to watch. And I think this weekend we saw a lot of really good goalkeeping from Michelle Betos and Katie Lund and Casey Murphy, um, even Caitlin Rowland for Kansas City. Like she had big stops. Um, but yeah, it's this, hard to believe yeah. that this scoreline could have been worse, actually. Way worse. Sabina should have had a goal at one point. She had a breakaway that she yeah. should have scored that Rowland had a great stop on, honestly. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you you see four zero and you're like, wow, that's that's a tough scoreline. And then you maybe like go through the game and you're like, wow, that actually could have been much worse. Yeah, <laughs> like, hard to probably believe. Probably six. I would say yeah. six. Give North hard Carolina believe, two that they should have put away. Yeah, hard to believe, but true. Un- unfortunate for Kansas City. You know, again, uh, we're looking, we were looking for the team and sort of seeing, you know, what type of response they were going to have coming off of a win. You know. Um, and it just didn't didn't happen on this night because North Carolina Courage, again, I, I think wanted to maybe make a, a little bit of a statement of, of their own, you know, going through that Olympic stretch of the season, missing so many of their Olympians, now starting to get them back. Uh, you know, Paul Riley going on head coach, Paul Riley going on record uh, during the, our previous segment, talking about how Sam Mewis is going to be out for an extended period of time. And so seeing somebody like. Amy Rodriguez get on the scoreboard kind of in the, in a run of play, not she had already didn't converted a penalty kick, but for this team, but to sort of see her get involved in the play with, you know, building chemistry with the team is very, very important mm-hmm. and could end up being like a very, very significant piece for this team in their final stretch and this second half of the season, knowing that somebody like Sam Mewis is going to be out They're, Yes, it's two different positional players, but you're talking about a player with a lot of experience who can still provide a lot of things in the attack for this team. And it's scary to think about how, you have a Lynn Williams returning into form. You have a Jess McDonald getting consistent minutes under her belt after dealing with illness and now adding a Rodriguez into the mix who could just start to get a taste of blood in the water. It's a little bit scary. Uh, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. So we'll see uh, what comes out of uh, from both these clubs and their following matches. Uh, but I'm excited to talk about this next one, Lisa, uh, because if memory serves me correct, I do believe I had this as a draw and I wanted it as a wild draw. I wasn't correct, but I got the wild part right. <laughs> I'm going to claim that we have, OL Rain versus New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC, three to two. OL Rain come from behind and take this victory in front of their home fans. Again, another match where we're seeing the impact of Olympic players as they're returning to their teams. What a game from Rosal. 
Megan Rapino went out there and just did all of that. Quite frankly, uh, ended up recording uh, an assist on a goal and converting a couple penalty kicks. And and Owell Rain take this game in a big three points, three two against Gotham. And and also in the return of players, who we're, were seeing the arrival of new Owell Rain head coach Laura Harvey. Lisa, was this as wild to you as it was for me watching it? We have to give a shout out uh, because all the wildness, I think, comes from the players returning and the players that (laughs) are happy to have them back. I mean, you just mentioned Laura Harvey, uh, coach for OL Reign, stepping in there. Rose Lavelle was back. Uh, Jess Fishlock was in great form. Meg Rapino, Quinn was back for OL Reign and Carly Lloyd for Gotham, who after her retirement, now she's trying to make that victory lap one final trophy to lift at the end of this regular season. So the 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 stars were all back for this match, which honestly made it a really good one. Um, I think in our preview, I discussed Ifiana Mano and how this player for Gotham is finding herself more consistently on the ball, more consistently hitting the back of the net. And when a player like Carly Lloyd returns to the lineup for Gotham and the pressure for Anamano is taken off to do all of the heavy lifting herself. And she can lean on a player like Lloyd to play more defensively, to win the ball back, to be the, the energy and the star power in, in Gotham's center of the pitch. Um, Anamano looks wide open. She got a brace in this match and she played really, really well. Um, not worldy shots like we've seen from her before, but she has been grinding and, and the combination of Lloyd and Anamano, it looks really good, Sandra. Um, Anamanu opened this match, I think like the ninth or 10th minute with a goal, um, a, a volley back to the, back to the net and the smarts and the maturity of this play. It was a ball sent in. Carly Lloyd is challenging for it against like three or four OL rain defenders. And Anamano just backs off because she's not going to go in there and challenge that and mess up Lloyd's header and Lloyd's trajectory of the ball. But instead she waits for the second ball to bounce to her and that vision and and level of maturity to watch that play unfold for Anamano and then be able to find the back of the net on the volley strike after it shows that she is growing and that she is learning in this game to get better um you mentioned the penalty kicks did you see them sandra do you think they were they were real and they were legit um ali think- long yeah she got the one against yeah. uh sofia huerta that was the first one yeah. on the side of the box it was like a sidestep and then Huerta yeah. falls down yeah you think so listen by definition of the rule it's a pen it's a yeah, pen. Is it, it, is, it a, is it? Is there the argument? Is there the discourse that it was light? That maybe you could you know, call? Sure. I think the other part of that is you know we've been hearing a lot this season and discussing a lot this season about the officiating, and I think honestly it's it's surprising for some people when a penalty is actually called. And I think let that alone two. Yeah, <laughs> let alone two. two of them in a game. So I think that has a, a lot to do with maybe some of the reaction coming out of this game as well. But so, as soccer goes, soccer does. And Megan Rubino stepped up and converted that. And I mean, who else on this team? I mean, she's she's a machine when it comes to converting these things. Had the penalties gone the other way, you know Carly Lloyd was going to be stepping up and taking both of these of you know, penalty kicks. So it's just it's just one of those things. It's just, it was just delightful to Over. see over Carly Lloyd's dead body, was anyone else going to take a penalty kick? <laughs> yeah, it was just delightful to sort of see the veterans kind of having the impact that they were having in these games for their respective teams. 
you know, and uh, just sort of having Carly Lloyd return for Gotham and seeing Anumanu play alongside her, watching her off the ball movement is so, so impressive. So it, it was <laughs> watching what they were doing early in this game. I think maybe leaves a little bit more of a shock factor to look at the scoreline and sort of see how things kind of quickly turned in that second half, uh, you know, for, for all rain. And now Gotham is just kind of like, Oh, like, okay, this is happening. When I don't think this, there was a, is this the first time that uh, they could look at a scoreline and say that Gotham has quote unquote conceded three goals, you know, it's just yes. one of those. It's just one of those things that we're going to look back at maybe, uh, you know, in this in this regular season when we kind of look back and reflect on, on things as a whole. But points are points and and they're going, uh, you know, O.O. Reigns way and the table remains tight. But we got one. We got Sarah, one more game. Wanna, with, uh, you got I'm, a final thought? Yeah, I have a final thought on this Gotham game. They were up at halftime and yeah. you cannot let up against a team like all rain when they have all that star power with Lavelle mm. and Fishlock, Rapino, Quinn. And I think Gotham mentally, they took a little, they took a little nap because okay. the long foul that was a penalty kick, it was lazy defending. She needs to keep sliding her feet and stay in front of where it said, don't stab and, and get that foul called there. And then also on the second penalty kick that happened, um, Rapino beats Johnson and then Lewandowski slides over to cover. And that's like, you can't get beat on that Johnson. It's one V one defending. Yes. You're going against Megan Rapino, but you can't get beat there. You're inside the box. You're at the top of the box. You know, she's going to strike the ball. So the mental, they fell asleep in that moment. And maybe it was the being so comfortable having Carly Lloyd back and having that two goal lead that changed yeah. things. Um, for OL Absolutely. Rain. You could look at everything happens in the second half for, for OL Rain. You, you look at it and you look at the timestamp of things in the order of which it played out and you're just kind of like, man, that one most certainly got away. <laughs> like quite literally it did. Um, love that your final thought was absolutely some defensive coaching. I always love that. <laughs> I have to. I have to slide it in there. <laughs> you got to sneak it in. I love it so much. Sunday, 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 fun day. The final match to wrap things up for NWSL action, Washington Spirit versus Orlando Pride. This one goes to Washington Spirit. They defeat Orlando Pride 2-1. But my goodness, the goals that came out of this match, Lisa, we had some top-notch worldies in this one, some real A1 bangers we're talking about. Quite a goal from Brazilian International and the legend Marta. And we had another one from Massey Sanchez. Really the game winner for Washington Spirit. Man, you know, coming into this game really felt like the Spirit needed a win. And they went and they got themselves one. Lisa, what were your takeaways from this? Sandra, in our preview for this one, I touched on the veterans and the rookies, the veterans for Orlando Pride and the rookies and who was going to come out on top. And uh, one thing that we need to remember in this league, and especially with really smart, intelligent players that the Washington Spirit has in Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez and Ashley Hatch, is that they are little sponges in this league, just absorbing all the information and doing well and getting better and trying to grow every game. That's why they're not so consistent, because they are trying to get better every single match. And the maturity and the growth 
we saw from Trinity Rodman in this match. Um, she had an opportunity on a breakaway. Uh, this was before the Ashley Sanchez goal. So the last goal to come in uh, like the 89th minute or the 90th minute of this match, um, the transition play, the ball gets sprung forward to Trinity Rodman, who's in a foot race against the pride defenders. Uh, she doesn't necessarily beat her fully, but the angle's bad for Rodman. She knows she has a defender right on her shoulder, and she's going up against Ashlyn Harris in goal. And this is where I, I I looked at Trinity Rodman, and I said, there it is. That's the smart skill of thinking about not just the next play ahead of you or the next move you're going to make, but maybe four or five ahead of that. Instead of going straight to goal, Trinity Rodman slows down and holds up the play for the second. And she sends the ball back across the top of the box to find ultimately Ashley Sanchez, who has an incredible goal on this one. But it goes back to Trinity Rodman at the start of this season. If she was on that breakaway and she thought she had a step on her defender, even though her angle was bad on goal, she would have tried to shoot it probably would have gone wide, saved by the defender, or uh, not struck well enough so Ashlyn Harris would have been able to save it. So this is where her maturity level and her understanding of the game just grew and, and took maybe three or four steps forward in this match to know to just slow it down. She has teammates yeah. coming in behind and support her, and she doesn't need to do it all on her own. That was my biggest takeaway yeah. from this game. No, I'm I'm right there with you. It's it's been so impressive to watch the dynamic between those three forwards in particular. The, the team has going going through some things right in the back burner, but outside of the you know what is actually on the pitch. And for this team to come in here and get this win, it was big for them. It boosts them back into the standings, higher in, in into the playoff picture. And uh, you know it's a very very narrow race, so that's it was a very crucial three points for them. But, you know, this is a team that's still operating with an interim head coach. And when you're looking at a game like this, I'm I'm sorry, I've got to put it out there. But you're looking at these players, these three players doing what they did tonight against Orlando. And I don't know how you're a head coach and you're not looking at this team and thinking, maybe I want to coach this team. <laughs> maybe you want to give the Washington spirit a call and talk about coaching the and pitch yourself to potentially coach his team. Because how do you look at this roster and doing what they're doing right now and staying in this mix of the regular season in this top six standings and just say, maybe we can go ahead and do something special here with this core of players. So big win for the spirit. And it definitely, definitely made the standings look and shake out a little bit differently. It's I swear it's week to week, Lisa. This is why we always end out the episodes with these standings to give everybody an update. It's definitely been very, very, very close. And for a little while there, we had Portland Thorns kind of have a little bit of a gap on that first place. And while they're still in first place, that gap of points is not so wide anymore. Let's run these down for everybody. Let's take a look. We have Portland Thorns in first place with 29 points. In second place is North Carolina Courage with 27 points. Washington Spirit with their win are now in third place with 22 points. OL Rain are in fourth place with 22 points. Gotham FC dropped to fifth place with 21 points. Orlando Pride dropped to sixth place with 21 points. Chicago Red Stars on the outside looking in in seventh place with 21 points as well. In eighth place are Houston Dash with 18 points. Racing Louisville FC sit in ninth place with 16 points. And in 10th place, Kansas City NWSL with seven points. Lisa, 
one through eight. It's narrow, it's close, and we're going to have to keep an eye on it looking forward and moving ahead. Portland's still at the top, though, Sandra. That's it's fun to watch them. And Chicago, they've dropped a bit, um, which I'm a little surprised about. But, hey, that's that's how things shake out. They'll be back at it, I think, Wednesday. Busy, Another busy week, Sandra, yes. with some midweek matches coming up. Um, but I love that things are constantly moving around. And as a reminder for everyone, the Washington game, the last game that we just talked about, Washington versus Orlando, there were a few worldy goals in that one. Head over to our YouTube page, Attacking Third, and you can watch those full-time highlights um, to catch all those goals and all of the great action that we saw this weekend. Not just full-time highlights. You guys, we have extended highlights, y'all. Extended highlights on this. So if you're looking for a match recap, maybe you get want a little bit extra besides the goal. So instead of the little two-minute package, you're going to get like 10 minute packages for for highlights over on attacking third so check that out if you get a chance i want to thank everybody for joining us and listening to all of our recaps today a quick reminder again to follow us on twitter at attacking third we're on apple podcast spotify stitcher and anywhere you listen to your podcast go ahead and leave us a five-star review with a question and we'll answer it on one of our upcoming segments we're also available as video so please subscribe to us on youtube just visit youtube.com slash attacking third we will be back wednesday with nwsl news and more and answering those questions that you're leaving behind for us for sandra Arreda and lisa roman this was a second thing.